0: Blog Talk Radio.
1: Anybody know who Willie Lynch was? Anybody? Raise your hand. No one? He was a vicious slave
2: owner in the West Indies. The slave masters in the colony of Virginia were having trouble controlling their slaves, so they sent for Mr. Lynch to teach them his methods. The word lynching came from his last name. His methods were very simple, but they were diabolical. Keep the slave physically strong,
1: but psychologically weak and dependent on the slave master. Keep the body, take the mind. I and every other professor on this campus are here to help you to find, take back, and keep your righteous mind. Because obviously... You have lost it.
3: You're traveling to another radio show. A broadcast not only of sight and sound, but of mind, mind. A journey into the wondrous land, whose boundaries are that of the imagining, imagination. That's the on air sign up ahead. Your next stop, AfroNerd Radio, with your guides, Dee Bird, Captain Kirk, and on Grindhouse Saturdays, the uncanny Daryl B., and introducing West Coast Correspondent, Ms. Claire Linnet. Mind Expansion Engaged.
1: up folks it's the midweek you know the drill the call in number is 646-915-9620 646-915-9620 wednesday july 26 2017 folks before you know it the summer will be gone and we'll go straight to winter because we don't really even have a autumn anymore at least in my estimation anyway folks uh, let's get through it You know I'm on my uh, Wakandan workout program I know that uh, our supporters Bison and maybe even Black Ronan No actually Black Ronan is on Team Wakanda I think he also has been inspired To work out as well Anyway um, we got to get to this Herb alt groove And I want to give a personal shout out to Professor now Well she's always been a professor actually From her alma mater uh, The Berklee School of Music Uh Professor Esperanza Spaulding I'm going to talk about her for a moment Because she was uh, Hired by Harvard as a professor So we will Get into it Um, More about that Uh, Let's let's actually go to one of her Grooves, I, I always dug Esperanza, she's not hard on the eyes Extremely talented And she bested Justin Bieber Years ago For the Best New Artist, if I remember correctly, Best New Artist Award at the Grammys. Uh, I'll talk about that as well. Pretty interesting stuff. Anyway, this is, I believe she had an album last year called De-Evolution. And it had a lot of Prince-isms in it. I think she would liken herself to being a Prince devotee. So you need these people that can actually perform, who know music theory, who know how to get down, who know the funk and the classical and the jazz. Anyway, good lava by the mighty Esperanza Spaulding We'll be right back Let's groove
4: See this pretty girl Watch this pretty girl flow
1: Professor, professor of practice, professor of the practice of music at Harvard University. Uh, I believe she starts next year. That is Esper- Esperanza Spaulding, the great Esperanza Spaulding. Good lava. And there there she is, definitely. Uh, let's get into it, folks. A short show, my partner in white-collar crime. You know it's not going to be anything else uh, of a lower tier. He is the captain needed on, hmm, In engineering, who would have thunk it? Let's get to it, Kat.
5: Space, the final frontier. These are the voyages of the starship Enterprise, its five-year mission to explore strange new worlds to seek out new life and new civilizations. To boldly go where no man has gone before.
6: Esperanza Spalding is actually performing as we speak in Northampton County, PA at 7 p.m. And she will be in Brooklyn Friday, July 28th. So there you have it, Athlon There's some energy. You could draw on that force right now.
1: I was about to say that, synergy. <laughs> As you said energy, I was thinking synergy. <laughs> like minds, Cap, like minds. Uh, folks, you know what to do. 646-915-9620, a 646-915-9620. There are some unavoidable stories, and I even entitled this particular broadcast, U.S. Stories in Nihilism. And it's unavoidable. But before we get into murder, mayhem, die, N-word, die, (laughs) hate to go there, Um, let's talk about Esperanza Spaulding. Uh, I became aware of this young lady, I guess, maybe a decade ago. Uh, More specifically, I remember her participating in the BET Prince Tribute when he had all-female musicians, and she was on the bass. And she was, uh, what did she do? Uh, if, I Were Your, if I Was Your Girlfriend, one of his hits. And uh, very uh, phenomenal and talented artist. And uh, if I remember her story correctly, she graduated from the Berklee College of Music when she was 20. And then at some point she proceeded to teach at the school that she uh, graduated from. So uh, I guess within, a, within the last 24 hours, the news hit the cyberwebs that she was appointed the professor of the practice of music at Harvard. So, you know, I've been a a big fan of hers because she's just not a lightweight. Also, I remember how she was treated at the Grammys. Now, what happened was, if you remember going back at at least a decade ago, uh, you know, Justin Bieber is still very popular. I think he just um, decided to take a break uh, you made the news in the last couple of days because of him taking a break from his tour. Um, so anyway, we know the kind of music that he does. We know his skill set, but he's you know he's a teen guy or was a teen guy. Anyway, um, he was up for best new artist at the Grammys, uh, as was Esperanza Spalding, and the Grammys. I can't say how they conduct their choices now. But historically, the Grammys are not the American Music Awards. The American Music Awards are more bluntly connected to popularity. More bluntly connected to popularity. But with the Grammys, it was always understood for musicologists that okay, they're going to they're going to give the award to someone who's you know a little bit more musically inclined, a little bit more uh, musical heft, and what Esperanza beat. Justin Bieber havoc was was, was caused Uh, his fan base defaced her Wikipedia page Um, just a whole bunch of nastiness on uh, early social media levied toward her when she had nothing to do with the choice she had nothing to do with the choice I mean again these are young people acting out but I I never liked the fact that they didn't get it that Again, the Grammys are not, at least on the surface, not really about popularity. It's about musicians. The woman, and I remember distinctly saying this at the time, she teaches music. So you can't give a person who teaches music not give her the accolades for uh, a little Pop-Tart. Anyway, I'm very proud that she was able to get this uh, appointment. Um, And I believe she has a new album forthcoming it's it's uh an interesting way she's going about promoting. I think she's going to make the songs up i I don't know i it's kind of hard to describe what she's trying to do, but let me see if I can go to her twitter page it's uh yeah, you buy this is from her her own mouth. you buy a blank c d that over three days I'll fill it with beautiful spontaneously created music, so I'm kinda of up for that. <laughs> You know, we'll see how that works. We'll figure it out. I think via her Facebook on September twelfth. There's this. This is something interesting. You know, I personally I would want my 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 song titled uh, "Afro Nerd's Deconstruction of Funk." That's my. That would be our good theme song. I'm just saying. That's my fantasy. If I were able to uh, connect to her to do something like that, but it is pretty interesting. Um, I think another song is called "Expo." Yeah, Exposure. Exposure is the title of this forthcoming CD that she's going to make at the drop of a hat. That's incredible. Uh, anyway, all right. So that's one good news. That's probably I would label as one of those um, blue area segments we've been speaking about. Blue area again for those who are familiar with the Afro Nerd Radio experience is part of Marvel mythology. We know that the forthcoming Inhumans uh, also in September. That's part of their lore, that uh, in fiction, the inhumans, these, these race of humans with powers, uh, they reside on the, on the moon, on an, ex, on an area of the moon that has oxygen. So when we breathe on Afronaut Radio, it's via the Blue Area segment. The second part of the Blue Area segment, I, I've had for uh, a couple of weeks now, just haven't gotten a chance to talk about it, but again... I think it's important to to mention these stories of success, these stories of excellence, especially when it's of a young man or woman of color. Uh, this young gentleman, Kyrie Myrick, 12 years old, by way of Baltimore, Maryland, and we know all of the negativity that Baltimore has garnered over the few few couple of years. Um, he has garnered. A national chess championship by way of a barber shop. Now you know that the Oracle is a barber, uh, more specifically a hairstylist, master barber hairstylist, and uh, a lot of my rearing took place in his establishment. And the classic barbershops versus the Hip Hopified barbershops of this era, the We Cut Heads H E A D Z skills S K I L Z S K I L L Z those faction of barbershops. I don't know what that's in a whole different place, but the classic barbershops. It wouldn't be surprising to have a chess champion coming out from 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 those kind of shop those shops, and I think. This particular shop in Baltimore plays a role in young Master Myrick uh, attaining this goal, this um, National Youth Chess, his goal, well, his his uh, acquisition of the National Youth Chess Champion. Uh, the name of the establishment is the Reflection Eternal Barbershop, again, in Baltimore. I'm going to read this piece by way of CBS Sports, and then we'll move forward into the the murder and mayhem stories, unfortunately, the nihilism stories. Uh, to call Kyrie Myrick 12 smart is to call the sun bright. The Roland Park Middle School student has maintained straight A's in school while becoming Baltimore's first national youth chess champion. Myrick had, Myrick had to outplay 249 players from across the country as the United States Chess Federation to claim the title. Uh, at the United States Chess Federation to claim his title, pardon me. In order to get to this level of success, he took a rather unorthodox, unorthodox approach to train Myrick practice at the Reflection Eternal Barbershop in Baltimore. It's a different style, he told the Baltimore Sun. When I play people in standard tournaments, I know what to expect. Here they play more freestyle. The unpredictability clearly served Myrick well. Myrick's mother... Yuna Spears has said that she wouldn't have, have it any other way. She told the Sun that the culture in the barbershop is ideal for Myrick, and she likes him practicing there. I expected to do well, but I didn't expect to win the whole thing, Myrick told Baltimore's CBS affiliate. Myrick, Myrick was honored by Baltimore Mayor Catherine Pugh uh, Wednesday alongside his teammates from the Baltimore Chess Leagues. The club is open only to public school students. To add to his honors, Myrick was invited to Camden Yards to stay with the Baltimore Orioles for the day. All right, so again, I have to commend this young man and uh, special place in my heart because, uh, hell, he uh, honed his craft. He honed his abilities at a barbershop, so uh, I, I, can, I can understand that clearly. Um, Captain, what are your thoughts about the, the two stories uh, Professor Esperanza Spaulding And now this young man By way of Baltimore A Baltimore barbershop With his recent win Well Professor
6: Esperanza Spaulding
1: That's the way it's
6: supposed to be In a meritocracy Okay But we know it's not really a meritocracy here <laughs> In the world But that's the way it's supposed to be Because <laughs> so that's what she's supposed to be doing just because she has that type of ability, she has that type of musical genius, she has that type of musical understanding, and as I Know says, she's not hard on the eyes. That's how you gotta say it these days. That's how you gotta say it these days. So that's the way it's supposed to be, even though it's not a meritocracy. But that's the way it's supposed to be. Now, as far as the chess champion, <clears throat> the master chess person, master chess individual, that is excellent. That's definitely excellent, and we need to have more stories like that I also like the barbershop thing Because, again, that's us, you know, honing the young person's skills That's us, you know So it's it's excellent, I like that aspect of it Back over to you, Afrin Hurt
1: All right um, Now, you've heard these stories, Cap And you shake your head and you wonder Man, we're in deep trouble we are really in deep trouble, uh, just one after another. Stories of me that are kind of sort of similar in the sense of uh, inhumanity, man's inhumanity or inability to be humane. I, I reference uh, The Planet of the Apes, the, uh, the, the, what is it, the third or fourth film. Um, the one, Roddy McDowell, says something, uh, you know, the smoke and fire speech, and he says, you know, we're not, I'm paraphrasing, but he says something to the effect, as an ape, that you know we're not apes i mean we're we're not human but we but that's not to say that we can't be inhumane and i thought that and again that goes to the classic stuff from the 60s and the early 70s some of that stuff comes off a little bit more profound as much as i really enjoyed the latest iteration of the planet of the Apes, um or the war for the planet of the Apes. pardon me there's something about the classics man that what they said, how they emotive, we know the, the the CGI wasn't there. We know that the makeup, even though I believe the, the 68 uh, Planet of the Apes, they did receive some kind of Academy Award for makeup for that time period. We're talking about 50 years ago now. But uh, we're talking about grotesque stories of inhumanity. One would be the five youths out of Florida – that saw a young man die. He was drowning. I'm hearing he was handicapped in in some way, maybe, maybe mentally deficient. I didn't think he was physically handicapped, but he was definitely troubled. Uh, I think he went went into this lake uh, after having an argument with his paramour, and he needed help. These five gentlemen, and I'm saying it in quotes, looked at this looked at this man. Filmed him. They were, I believe, smoking pot while this was going on, and just the, just the nonchalance and the ability to just kind of scoff at this guy. And I think one of them just said, "Like, oh, he's going under. I'm not going in there." And peace. <laughs> I mean, it's almost humorous if it wasn't so sad. Just peace when this when his life had expired, and they told no one, and yet they had no problems videotaping this thing everything everything is videotaped in a a self-incriminating way it's incredible let me see if i can find a brief news clip on this thing and again folks uh my apologies for the for the short show making short shrift of our podcast but it is what it is Uh, we have the expanded broadcast um for saturday's show the grindhouse you know Who's gonna be there? Um, all right, let me uh let me order this clip and you know try to get a hold of yourself, folks. Hold on. Just the beginning. outrage.
5: Five teenagers standing on the shore of a Florida lake mocking and cursing a man, drowning and crying out for help. Four days later, police officers in Coco pulled the body of Jamel Dunn from the water. That video has many asking the question shouldn't the teens have jumped in to help instead of recording their taunts on a cell phone? Peter Bernard is on the night beating Clearwater with a story. And, Peter, you discover the law in Florida is very clear on this. What they did may be cruel, but it's not criminal. Yeah, and some are thinking that law needs to be changed. Let's say you come upon someone who's drowning in a lake, another body of water like I have behind me. Morally, you feel like you should jump in and help. But guess what? The law says you don't have to.
0: We're not finna help your <laughs> You shouldn't got
7: drowning, what the heck. <laughs>
5: July 9th in Cocoa, Florida, five teens notice a man pleading for help in the middle of a lake. You don't understand. One of them continues to record as the man, later identified as Jamel Dunn, flails in vain to stay afloat.
0: Laughed at him, told him that they weren't going to help him, they weren't going to rescue him.
5: Four days later, police recovered his body. The outrage that everyone feels is you feel like there should be a severe penalty. Well-known Clearwater criminal defense attorney Roger Fuderman watched the video. He tells me while most would agree you should have to help, he says the law doesn't require that. There's really no law in Florida that makes you have a duty to render aid. The victim's fiancé is furious.
0: How could nothing in your heart tell you not to do anything when someone's crying out for help? But
5: the teens aren't off the hook. They're being charged with an obscure misdemeanor. But they had an immediate duty to know, to let someone know, law enforcement or or a treating physician, that that we just saw the death. Cold, callous, reprehensible, all of the the above. In this case, if they a gun in there, they could have saved this boy's life. And oddly enough, there's an exception to the rule. Roger Fuderman told me about this. If an owner of a boat or a ship comes upon somebody who needs help, they have to help them. It's the maritime law that kicks in. It's a federal law. But if you're standing on dry land, it doesn't apply. Keith? Now, those boys are going to have to live with that the rest of their lives, though. Crime or not, it's still in their memory, beds. Yes. Peter Bernard on The Night Beat. Thank you.
1: All right, there's more, folks. There's more. And i got to mention something. This is going into uh, uh, <laughs> nerd lore. But once I heard this story, it reminded me of the Seinfeld finale. And I was a big Seinfeld fan, but there were times as of late that made me become less of a Seinfeld fan. One of them, of course, deals with Michael Richards' rant years ago. I never quite looked at uh, Seinfeld the same way. Specifically the Kramer character, I mean, I know he was saying a character, is, I should be more um i don't know more more fair, but something about that beloved her he ruined it, and it, dare I say he might have ruined his career. I'm sure he has enough money, but uh he was never perceived the same way after that rant, his inward rant, and it wasn't even just uh his his exclaiming the word he went into this whole thing with pitchforks and you know, this is why we didn't. You know, we we had you in Pitchforks. I mean, it was it was it was horrible. Anyway, um, so I the, the, that that rant and also the finales. I said the finale had a had a scene for those who are were, were fans, um, where the the characters. I think they were visiting Boston or or Massachusetts. You know, maybe some other city in Massachusetts, but they were visiting and they happened to see a man get robbed. And they were across the street, and they just were just kind of taunting. You know, they they didn't intervene. Now, the the irony is that they were arrested because, I guess that was the humor part of it, is that they were arrested because they were just poking fun at this man's uh, misfortune. And that's the first time I looked at those characters differently. Before, I thought they were just, you know, OCD, OCD of the yin-yang. They were just crazy. I never looked at them as sociopaths, but I distinctly remember my feelings. I mean, that was a highly contested finale anyway. I mean, it wasn't the greatest finale for a show with that kind of popularity. But for me, just as a fan, I said, yeah. These, these people, are social. They may, it made me think that wow, they were sociopaths all along. It had somewhat, somewhat of an ominous feel to me, and that's what I remember uh, thematically in a TV show. So we have a real life Seinfeld thing going on here with these young men of color that look at another young man of color. Now we understand this could have been reptiles in that in that lake. You, you know, they could have been you might not be know how to swim. We understand that But just Just the The the, Their attitudes About this man And like he was I mean uh, Can you We would know That an animal Will go out To save that, that That man If there was a dog That a dog I know full and well A dog would go out And risk its life To save that man Without hesitation Now what does that say What does that say Clearly, our stalwart supporter, by way of our own tri-state, and I think a little bit of uh, South Philly there, too, this is the mighty Q Storm. Q, is that you? Cap, can you bring him in? For some reason, I'm, I'm having like a delay. Oh, there he goes. Can you hear me? Yeah. What's up? Yeah,
7: i that I know you're getting me confused with a four oh four caller as of late, but that's okay. I won't take offense I know <laughs> <laughs> well you know i I called because i heard the I heard you mention Seinfeld, and uh you know I agree with you that the I'm a huge fan of that show, but that that was where the those characters weren't written properly right there. That was just ridiculous um but you know what these these kids you know i I can't wrap my head around it I mean, I'm not the best swimmer in the world, so I wouldn't have jumped in the lake, but you know what I would do rather than filming the guy drowning. I don't know. I'd dial nine one one. But that's just me. That's just me. I, I don't get it at all. I don't know how these kids are being raised nowadays. But um, yeah, that's. I, you would think a good prosecutor could find some grounds to, to charge those kids. Well, you know something else, Q, that we have
1: you have to consider is that uh, listen. We have we have had friends. We were these young men's ages at some point, and I can't relate recollect that all of them would be in unison with that kind of attitude. I mean, in my crew, you might have a couple of guys that were a holes and would say, "I'm not doing anything," but but there would be one, two, three. It would be one, if not more, out of the crew. Not the not the crew in in their entire in its entirety, but. Someone would do something, but for everyone to have that same uh, lackadaisical, lethargic vibe going on. I guess, you know, they were getting high. But the the morality, collective morality, is amazing to me, that no one sat there and said, wow, this is a brother out there. Listen, Even if race has nothing to do with it, but there would be some component the way uh, black male lives are uh, are being stuffed out so easily that you would think that someone would say, we got to save that brother out there. We have to do something to notify something, to throw him something. I would be frantic. I would just be frantic, at least um, emote that someone is dying. He would, one of these guys said, peace. I was like, wow. <laughs> that would haunt me. The, the video haunts me. Looking at it as an, as an observer haunts me. I wanna keep you on, on, on the in the conversation. Uh Q if you have the time. You we have a short show anyway. Sure. I wanna go to right. this this quick this quick clip because we're gonna go deeper into this. This is another situation. I understand this young woman was inebriated, okay? But again Oh, I know I this. I saw, saw this. this
7: clip. This is yeah, I saw this clip. I,
1: I saw the video not really believing it was real. That's the, the hook of it. I said, Okay, this can't be true. Maybe this is some kind of you know, uh, Josh Trank trying to make uh, a, a, another go at it in a film. I mean, honestly, I did not. I thought this had to be a film, like this is something phony. Because the way it was set up was that this young woman driving didn't necessarily know she was inebriated. I just thought she was just, you know, a young person goofing off. And then, well, let's let's go into the into the clip. And then, you know, but I, I wish I never saw the actual video because I'm scarred for it. I'll say that bluntly. Um Okay, hold on.
3: In an instant, tragedy for one family. Two teen sisters, Jacqueline and Abdulia Sanchez were in the car along with another girl. The driver, 18-year-old Abdulia, was streaming live video on Instagram when cops say she lost control of the car. We are choosing not to show you the rest of the disturbing and graphic video. 14-year-old Jacqueline was killed. She was just about to celebrate her quinceanera. Abdulia was arrested and charged with vehicular manslaughter and driving under the influence. She recorded herself saying this on Instagram after the crash. I love
0: my sister to death. I don't give a. This is the last thing
4: I wanted to happen to us, but it just did. Jacqueline! Please wake up! I killed my sister, okay? I know I'm going to jail for life, all right? I know last thing I wanted to happen, okay? I love you. Rest in
3: peace, sweetie. The video, which only lasts 24 hours on the Instagram app, was recorded by a friend and posted to Facebook. It's since been taken down. For InsideEdition.com, I'm Shep.
6: Oh, man. Can I say something? <laughs> yeah. Okay, there's a part of the brain called the anterior cingulate cortex that does error correction. What do I mean by that? If you're walking down the street and someone else is talking to you, it will error correct so you can get interrupted and still necessarily get yourself back. This part of the brain does not work when you're looking at a cell phone or an app or something of that nature. This is what begins to happen. How, how do I know this? This is according to neuroscience. All right, hence the four-dimensional aspect as a 2 I'll get into it probably a month more, a month from now, more later. So this is what's happening. This is one of the main reasons why you know the cell phone while you're driving or anything of that nature is actually worse than coffee or eating. Okay, which is also bad, which is also bad, but this is a lot worse because there is some error correction when you're caught when you have coffee eating or talking to somebody else. When you're on a cell phone, no. And if you notice, especially the younger generation, some of the older generation too, but if you notice on a cell phone when people are walking, you can stand sometimes in a corner and they'll bump right into you. No error correction. They're calling to their phone. So this is what's happening. That's according to the neuroscience. That's not my science, but it's out there. Back over to you, AfroNerd.
1: Yeah, you know, The graphic part of this thing that really disturbed me was that she was there with her sister dying or dead. I mean, the the young woman appeared to be lifeless, and graphically her body was mangled, her face was split open. That also didn't look real to me. That's how how my sensibilities were. I said, okay, that can't be real. And she was speaking so calmly. And again, I can understand someone being – I mean, listen – Someone who's really, really intoxicated, you'd, you'd see some kind of – or hear some kind of slurring. I mean, how drunk was this young woman? Because she was pretty clear about, you know, rest in peace, You know, right in front of the body. I mean, as it happened. Like a minute ago, your, your sister was – literally a minute ago she was alive. Now she's dead because of your ignorance. And you just say – she did the same thing that the, that the young men did, that, peace peace out go around i mean it's that's that's what's going on i i said this we we said this years ago that the young folks adherence over um, and over reliance and adherence to technology where we're generation x and we have a bit of the analog and some other digital we're the bridge generation as we as they say um this new generation is, has been completely digitized, and uh, it, has, it has been said and been written on some metaphysical, maybe even on a biological level. This new generation, are, would, we're the, they are the next step towards being a true cyborg, and it's called a, a sort of sociopathy. These are sociopaths and uh i'm not i'm not a big supporter of tommy sotomayor uh the 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 podcaster on youtube uh but he did say something to the effect that uh what did he say he said something that that stuck with me about these situations um ah jesus I, I, you know what i just thought i just forgot what 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 sotomayor said but it, it was definitely in connection to this situation where um oh what he brought up was the two different names that the younger daughter had a hyphenated name, which led him to believe that this, there might've been a half sister situation, which means they may not be as familial as one would think. So that, that's the only way I could, I could see what she did. Not that it's an excuse, but it's an explanation that, if that's your half sister you were raised with, this person you might look at them as just a stranger. But then you have, but also you have folks that are blood related, and they just they're just not as close as you would expect them to be. That the, the love may be a little maybe a little shaky, even though you think you know the normal person. Hey, that's that's your blood there, and you have this kind of this, this standoffishness, but to say oh, rest in peace. <laughs> wow, let's go deeper. Uh, the human trafficking story
7: out of Texas. Hey, Debra, Debra, can I say one thing yeah. real quick about that story? Oh yeah, sure, sure, sure. Um, uh, you you've covered everything I would have said. But I also want to put the blame on our um entertainment culture, our social oh, yeah. networking slash entertainment culture. Because if you notice, and I was working at a Fox station when this all started back in the early to mid nineties, you notice that dramatic music that they were playing underneath that tragic story oh, yes. mm-hmm. i find that just as contemptible and reprehensible as the story itself i mean well, to a sensationalize lot of, the a lot story, lot of to story to make it more scary. like entertainment with this with this with this god-awful dramatic um horror movie music to me it's just, you're 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 contemptible as well to do that
1: but what's happening also is that you know you have so so many of these young folks, and some older folks too, to be to be honest, that are so uh, pathologically narcissistic that everyone is making their own Scorsese film. Literally, I see these these, these funny mopey faces uh, being done by these by young women, young men in front of their in front of their uh, their cell phones. I mean. It's just it's 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 absurd. It's absurd, and it's causing a, a lack of connectiveness with the human condition. Um, I text somewhat frequently because I I, I kind of fell into it. I was I was against it at one time, but now you, you really can't avoid texting. Uh, dated a young lady briefly via text, and I could not handle it <laughs> because it's just it's you know. No, but not especially you dating younger women, that's how they communicate.
7: Well, so to be to be to be clear, I'm condemning the news station for the music, for the for the entertainment value that they felt they could get by putting music underneath the story. Not the the filming, yeah, that's they belong under the jail. I'm holding the news station or Inside Edition uh, to task. For sensationalizing the story even more by adding that uh, macabre music underneath
1: well you mean the stories I just played
7: yeah they, they added that sensationalistic music underneath just to add just to goose the story more and I I find yeah, that horrible
1: I don't know how much more you could do I don't know much more you could really do I mean it's, the story is it's already absurd it's already in that zone the story speaks for itself well,
6: no. well Q definitely has a point you know He definitely has a point. That's something I noticed too, and and you you definitely have a point. They are making it more like
7: an entertainment situation. I agree with you to a certain extent. Yes. I worked, like I said, I worked in news, and I uh, when my station got bought up by the Chicago by the the Tribune, they Mm -hmm. they came into our news department and they gave us uh, pointers on how to make our stories, our news stories, sell more. And that's when you started seeing these quick cuts and you started seeing, you know, uh, news stations started investing in music libraries. And it was all about flash and and all that. And the stuff you see in CNN where everything's breaking news and there's music underneath everything now, that all started in the early 90s when uh, Fox and Tribune and all these companies uh, started to take over. And I find it it deplorable. Well,
1: it's, it's social engineering which I'm beginning to see quite a bit. I mean, we've been experiencing it for a long time, but it's become more intensified, more obvious, and yet I still see folks that seem to be oblivious to it. I mean, it's it's very blatant, especially when it comes to folks of color, black people specifically. It seems like we're being – I've been talking about this since the show's inception, that uh, this this neo-minstrel industry, uh, along with what, what you just stated. I'm not discounting that. Um, I just think specifically to this to this heinous act, it really didn't need an assistant assistance by the uh, ominous music. That's the irony. This it just didn't need it, because the the circumstances are unbelievable, unbelievable. Anyway, um, let, let me go into this 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 uh, last story. And again, I I kind of lined them up because I thought the common thread were, was that just man's inhumanity to man. Uh, the, the gentleman that was driving this truck with these 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 folks, uh, who I'm assuming were illegal uh, or undocumented, I think is the, is the appropriate word. Um, he said he was unaware of his human cargo, so I guess that's what he's going with because now he's going to you know he's up for the death penalty by uh, you know leaving this, this um, his his truck in a Walmart parking lot. And people are dying inside. I think it was upwards of 150 degrees. The refrigeration compartment of the cargo was wasn't working. But I mean, I feel for the guy if he honestly did not know what he was doing. But it seems a bit unbelievable. And I'm hearing that these people were banging on the door or, or banging on the back of the cab, and and it just, it's just it is a horror show, very reminiscent of, of uh, 16th century or 17th century slavery, U.S. slavery. But that's, the, that's what it was, you know, vomiting, uh, hot, people on top of people. Anyway, this is modernized human tra- trafficking. Uh, and folks don't want Confederate to come out. <laughs> anyway, um, hold on. Let's go to this, uh, this clip, and then we'll move along. I, I do want to talk about this, um, this Crown, Heights, Crown Heights restaurant. Uh, that's causing a bit of a stir all right um hold on we
5: do want to get right to go. the breaking news overnight a horrifying discovery in a walmart parking lot in san antonio texas shortly after 12:30 local time authorities got a call from a walmart employee who claimed to have been approached by somebody asking for water when the fire department responded they found a terrible scene in the sweltering trailer section of an 18-wheeler with many people dead many more in serious or critical condition. And we do want to note at least two children were in there as well. Air ambulances were called in to transport people to the hospital, many of them suffering from heat stroke or dehydration. Police are now calling this a case of human trafficking. ABC's Kenneth Moten is in Dallas with the latest. Kenneth, good morning to you.
2: Good morning, Dan and Paula. This is now a major federal investigation here in Texas. The details are still coming in, but here's what we know. Overnight, police in San Antonio say they found at least 30 people inside a tractor trailer in a Walmart parking lot. Alert employees called 911 after they spotted people spilling out of the truck, desperate for water. Inside, a horrific discovery eight people dead. First responders say 17 were pulled out and transported with life threatening injuries. The rest, less critical. All of the victims suffering from heat related illnesses like heat stroke and dehydration. The majority of them adults in their 20s and 30s, but there were at least two young children.
3: We're looking at a human trafficking uh, crime here this this evening. The Department of Homeland Security is involved. Um, They're working with us. Uh, Homicide will work with them to determine uh, the the origin of uh, of this horrific tragedy.
2: San Antonio police say this morning they do not know where the truck came from or where it was going, but the driver has been taken into custody. They have also not confirmed the nationalities of the victims, but we do know ICE is now a part of this investigation, and police are searching for people who ran from the truck into the nearby woods. Investigators say that tractor-trailer had no air conditioning. Temperatures here in Texas have been in the low 100s, so it had to be unbearably hot for those victims. Dan and Paula.
5: Kenneth Moton, thank you. As Paula said, a horrifying story.
1: All right. Um, I might have mentioned this story on air before, but there was a, a story of a pig. It's probably on YouTube somewhere, going back a few years back, a few years ago. Where this pig, a pet, we know pigs are purportedly maybe even more intelligent than dogs, but a pig noticed that its owner. I, shouldn't, I don't even want to use the term it, <laughs> his owner, <laughs> was having uh, a, a health episode. And uh, the pig had enough insight to leave the house, go in the, go in the front of, of the house uh, by this road, the, the house sat in front of this road, and would just lay down flat on the road until a vehicle would, would arrive. And the, 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 the animal would go back and forth. He would... He would lay in the road for a few minutes, no one would arrive, and he'd go back to check on the owner. And then he would, he, he would go back three or four times until someone noticed noticed the pig's behavior and that pig saved his, his owner's life. I want to recommend that pig for Mensa. That pig deserves to be nominated in, in Mensa. Because if you have these stories I just ran through where – we're seeing inhumanity, low intelligence, low cogitation, uh, my favorite word, and, of course, the mighty q favorite word. Um, i gotta, I got to give the pig props. The pig is more human than the humans. Something is wrong. Something is wrong. I don't care about the the, the individual um, status or citizen status of, of, for these people. I'm seeing human beings baking, and we're hearing that there could be um, mental – deficits because of this, brain injuries, the deaths. I mean, these people are severely harmed. And, like, who does that? Why? <laughs> it's, it's, it's just the, the way people can treat other human beings. Again, we've seen examples of, of pets, cats, pigs, dogs that have done things. They're like, hey, they, they'll, give you, they'll give you a chance. They'll help you out. Anyway, we got about eight minutes remaining. Uh, but I see we have some calls, calls if you'd like to if Callers, pardon me, if you'd like to join in We've got a few minutes remaining before I get to this next story uh, Simply press 1 If you press 1, that way we know you want to join in on our discourse Again, the call in the number is 646-915-9620 646-915-9620 uh, I suspect this is probably the last story If I can squeeze maybe another one in This story disturbed me Just because it was a, a lack of logic Ignorance On both parts This is a Crown Heights local story Crown Heights Brooklyn And I'm going to play this quick clip And then we will expound and expand But uh, I'm probably going to take it In a different direction Than the residents of Crown Heights Um, Let's see Why can't I see You know what Okay let let me reload this Sometimes folks live on air We'll upload these these clips and uh, they don't necessarily take as I'm looking for this clip again we're talking about a restaurant that was opened by a young lawyer and okay wait a minute do I have it here Uh, okay here we go Uh, hold on this is regarding the Crown Heights restaurant Uh, a gentrification story Uh, with a twist. Hold on.
3: Angry protests erupt at racist Brooklyn bar that serves 40 ounces of rose wine in paper bags and brags about its genuine bullet holes in the wall. Protest erupted at a Brooklyn bar after they released a press release advertising 40 ounces of rose wine in paper bags and genuine bullet holes. Dozens met up outside Summerhill, a boozy sandwich shop in Crown Heights neighborhood in Brooklyn, New York, on Saturday afternoon to speak out on the bar's commodification of stereotypes that only serve to hurt the community. Summerhill's owner, Beckle Brennan, wasn't in attendance for the protest but did release a statement condoning her remarks as being insensitive. In a press release on Monday was an advertisement for a mixed drink next to a bullet hole ridden wall which were supposedly part of the rumored backroom illegal gun shop. Yes, that bullet hole ridden wall was originally there and, yes, we're keeping it, it read. The 31-year-old owner said to the Gothamist that the decision to keep the damage had been a cheeky one. Brennan said, Just looking at the angle I don't know if that is possible that that's a bullet hole. We call it that because if you look at the history, someone seriously said, Isn't that the place where we could buy guns? And then we were like, Okay. The former lawyer added that she didn't investigate the gun rumor any further. I don't have any backup to that. But when you think about it as a joke like, yep, that's a bullet hole, she said. In addition to the bullet wool, 40-ounce rose, wine bottled to look like a 40-ounce Colt 45, was mentioned in the release. Brennan stated that she wanted to put them in paper bags. Gotham is tasked for clarification on the symbolism, to which Brennan said in an email, I'm not an authority so don't feel comfortable commenting on anything other than my business. A new bar and restaurant that locals, slash my neighbors, seem to really enjoy and appreciate. Brennan hails from Toronto, Canada, and attended New York University before she moved to Crown Heights two years ago. Natherleen Bolden, a founding member of the Crown Heights Tenants Union and resident of the neighborhood since 1978, voiced her criticism of the establishment. Actions
1: Okay, because of time constraints, you get the gist of the story. Uh, it appears to be a transcribed robotic voice, but th- the bottom line is you have Crown Heights, Brooklyn. It's going through a transition like so many of these neighborhoods in Brooklyn where um, just like uh, the Dumbo area, Dumbo is the acronym for down under the Manhattan. What is it? Down under the Manhattan Bridge overpass. Is that what Dumbo stands for? Anyway, um you have another section of, of, of Brooklyn that at some point no one wanted, and now it's going through a transition and becoming more Tony, more gentrified, and you have like a clash of cultures. And this is an example of a young woman. Um, I believe she is white, uh, graduate of, as it said, um, New York Law School or NYU, I think. And um, she's going into entrepreneurship at your expense at the the uh the expense of the residents of Crown Heights, so what makes it a, first of all it's called summerhill, and she uses this this backdrop of a bullet- bullet ridden wall and then it mentioned it said rose the rose we know the 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 uh paper bags because we know street people drink out of paper bags in quotes i mean the whole aesthetic of a ghetto but making it cute and quaint. At the expense of people suffering. Now, we saw some community leaders come out, and they lambasted this young woman for what she was trying to do. Uh, it also stated in the in the news clip that she's from Canada, but not that not that that's an excuse. She could have been from Long Island locally and still pull try to pull this kind of thing off. Now, the thought, the part that I found interesting is that the community leaders would 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 critique this and you go to YouTube there are other clips where you see people with their bullhorns in front of the establishment and they're saying things like well how dare you speaking to the owner how dare you use our pain and our, our difficulties and our dysfunction for profit now Q knows probably where I'm going to go with this because this is a young white professional millennial Again, in the words of the, of the protesters, in the words of the community activists, they're saying, how dare you, Ms. Brennan, I believe her name was, how dare you take advantage of us and flip our culture and our pain and our strife and our dysfunction, flip it to your business interests. Now,
0: <laughs> what makes
1: her any different? Than the local rap artists they've been doing this for twenty five thirty years jay Z did it He's down the road shout out to Marcy University as he called it. I mean we saw uh we spoke about about him because we knew uh knew of him personally uh, um prodigy prodigy of mob deep passed on rather tragically from uh sickle cell anemia but we, he can't even have a mural to be, to be uh, painted or to last in, in his faux neighborhood. I say faux in Queens by Queensbridge Projects because of animus and enemies. But he's, his background, as I stated a few shows ago, really wasn't Queensbridge the way that it was portrayed on record. That this young man came from a rather uh, middle-class, dare I say upper-middle-class background. He lived on the, literally lived on the street. His his grandmother, grandparents lived on the street that uh, Mr. Stark's predecessor was raised in Long Island. And his dance studio, his grandmother's dance studio is uh, is in the vicinity of my parents' home. So, uh, what are we talking about here? Who's being phony? Who's capitalizing on? Ghetto, ghetto centricity, ghetto centrism, to to the advantage or to the disadvantage of the community. It's not just that, not just this owner of the of, of the this boozy sandwich shop, as she called it. Folks, time is moving. I got to get up out of here. I got to get into the sweaty Wakandan workout. Regrettably, uh, as always, I love doing the show, but I hate that I'm doing it so uh, quickly. But it is what it is until we get past this uh, Saturday, remember, the gang will be all here To talk about more blurty, nerds of color stuff uh, The Grindhouse, 6pm, this Saturday um, As always, we will continue to do this kind of stuff And bring out the shed delight This is Benita Oppelboom Remix, Pharrell Williams Saturday, folks, has been real
0: Do I love you? Do I lust to you? Am I a sinner because I do the two? Can you let me know right now, please? But need an apple You gotta put me on. Need an you gotta put me on. Need an apple bomb. Gotta put me on. You gotta put me on.